Welcome everybody to Recovery Machine. My name's Nathan. Co-host Corey is off this week. He's free diving off the coast of Antarctica, but he will return soon. The following segments are interviews I did with people who are directly involved in the current safe supply model that's active here in Kelowna, BC. We apologize for the lower quality audio. Hopefully it's good enough for you to follow along. Next up, we welcome a determined mother who's battling addiction and hopes to one day find some stability and live a normal life with her family. How's your day going? It didn't start out all that great, but no? still moving on, yeah. Okay. Glad to be here. Where, uh, where, is, uh, where are you from originally? Vancouver. Okay. Born and raised? Born and raised, yeah. Mostly Burnaby, yeah. Okay. But all over the place, single mom. And what brought you up to this area? I moved around after Vancouver. I got married and we uh, could only afford to buy a house in Calgary. So we moved to Calgary for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And things weren't going that great in my marriage. So I left my husband. And that was my first time actually experiencing homelessness because I lived in a camper beside my work. Oh, wow. I was doing uh, the logs for for a trucking company. Okay. And I lived outside my work in, in a camper. That was uh, that was interesting until thank you until I got my um, settlement, which uh, took two years to get. And in the meantime, I had met somebody else that I worked at the local pub, and um, he decided that he was uh, going to start being abusive to me, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting pregnant. I had already had my two oldest kids, so I was good with my boy and my girl and, and that. And so I was like, no, I'm going to, you know, this, uh, this uh, pregnancy. And um, I went in with my mom and uh, the lady was looking at the screen really weird. And I thought, oh boy, what's going on? And she said, oh, look, there's two. And I swore. Mm. And she said, oh, don't worry about that. We hear that all the time. So mm. uh, mom looked at me and she said, you're having them. Your mom wanted twins or your grandma wanted twins. So uh, they just turned 23 on July 2nd. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're the most beautiful things ever. Uh, the two older ones aren't talking to me still due to my relapses. Yeah. Um, but that's where I started doing drugs. I had a, I was 29 years old, yeah. and I had a girl at the pub that worked at the pub ask me if I wanted to go to a party, mm-hmm. and seeing as I was being beaten by their dad, I, we call him the sperm donor now, he, he doesn't have anything to do with dad, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, yeah, and uh, it was a crack shack, okay. and there I went for six years. So that was your first introduction to hard drugs? To crack. Crack, okay. And, uh, yeah, I weighed 104 pounds and lost everything, including my kids, to the court of law. And uh, when that happened, that took a while. I did P-tests. I did that, this and that. And uh, when I went back to the judge and, and they said, you understand, you have no parental rights, um, I, it totaled me. Right. Because I always wanted to be a mom. So did you, were you able to hold on to any kind of a job while you were going through this as well or? No. No? Things just kind of spun out of control? And, no, yeah. Yeah. I sold everything I had and, well, I tried it and it took my pain away. Not, not, mm-hmm. not any physical pain, but emotional. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, 
so yeah, I started doing that, and you know, it took. Uh, and then I, you know, my mom got them, so she had all the parental rights. She had everything. I had nothing, and my mom was a bit of a sucker, so she let me see them once in a while. And I'd be a little bit of a sneaker, and I knew when she went to the mall with the girls, so I'd show up at the mall, and so that they'd see me and mm-hmm. run up to me and stuff like that. And um, it took actually one of the rehabs. She wouldn't let me see the girls because she thought it was a shock. And it took the executive director to finally convince her to come at Christmas time and show that it was really a rehab. Oh. So she started letting me see them again and and such. And um, we went through this, in and out of this, for six years. I went to about four rehabs. I worked at all of them and uh, and the detoxes that I went to. Um, this is all in the Kelowna area? No, this is all uh, in Calgary. Oh, okay. Um, actually, sorry, it goes from Calgary, then goes back to Vancouver. Um, because I went, I after I divorced my husband and was there for a few more years, I went back to Vancouver where my mom was, and mm-hmm. and that and um, but I did lose the girls in Calgary, um, but my mom went back to Vancouver, and I just followed wherever she went because I wasn't. My ex-husband was already hating me, thinking I was this, thinking I was that, because I had got Hep C. Okay. And I guess when they get you, when you get Hep C, they tell everybody you've been in contact with. So I was nothing but a walking disease to him. Isn't that nice, eh? Yeah. And so that's what the kids thought I was. Nice. Oh, yeah. And they're still talking to me. Um, we we did have ins and outs of where they would speak to me, and my oldest daughter even came and you know stayed with me for a while. Uh, then my mom was passing away. And before she was passing away, she went catatonic. And meaning that's the worst of the worst, mental health. There's nothing they can do but shock your brain. Mm-hmm. So I signed for that. And that was tough. And did she respond to that treatment? No. No, not really. She, uh, they do intervals of it. Yeah. So they did a couple and then they wait a few days and then they like they do three or four and I think in a week and then they wait a week and then they do a couple more well in between these treatments uh my daughter's birthday like I said is July 2nd my twins so we always used to take them camping so I said mom I tried you know getting to her you know mom I'm gonna take the girls camping uh because by this time she had gave me the girls back when they turned 10. Okay. And because uh, I said, Mom, they, they don't want to be there. They want to be with me. You know, we lived in the same complex. Now this is up in Williams Lake mm-hmm. uh, because she had moved from Vancouver up to Williams Lake. She knew one person up there and, and the judge let her go. Um, and for me to get up there, I had to take a hair test. So I did go into another rehab and I stayed in there and I passed my hair test. So I got to go up there and, and have visits and this and that. And eventually she gave them back to me Okay. when they were 10. And uh, so... Yeah. Where are they now? Do they live in the like in this area? Tia is in Vernon and Jade is up in Williams Lake right now. Um, she wants to be a prison guard. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> um, I've never been to prison, so I, I'm not sure why she chose that. But <laughs> um, they were they grew up with me basically, and I taught them a lot about people and street and 
how you don't ask for things to happen to you. Things happen, you know, and circumstances happen. And, you know, did you ever want it to happen? Absolutely not. You know, would you ever want it to happen again? No. Will it? I can never promise that. Yeah. I don't want to break that promise to you again. Yeah. And uh, it happened. I relapsed. Yeah. When my mother was dying. Uh, she. So anyway, oh, that's where I was. So I took them camping, and when I got back, there was a message on my answering machine that said, your mother's operation went went well. And I said, what fucking operation? She's a mental patient who could sign for her to have an operation. She's mm. catatonic, man. And uh, apparently it was an emergency. Uh, she had bowel cancer. And, oh, no. And uh, colon, so I guess they took out parts of her bowel and this and that. Well, a week later, it came apart. So back into surgery, she went. They put it back together. A week later, it came apart. Mm-hmm. Another week later, they put a bag on her. And now she's bleeding out her mouth and into the bag. And within six weeks, she was dead. And uh, I didn't really think that it would affect me the way it did because we also had a jaded relationship due to my own circumstances of just being pissed off that sometimes she would let me see them and sometimes she wouldn't and you know my daughter reminded me when she passed away that if it wasn't for grandma we wouldn't all be together right and you know that really kind of shook me into reality of yeah you're right and i kind of forgave her in that instance, you know, for uh, and, and blessed her at the same time and saying, thank you, you're right, thank God she did that, because if she didn't, my, tw- my twins could have been separated. Right. And who knows where they'd be now, you know. And so, um, yeah. And then, uh, so at that point, I was working actually as a support care worker at um, Vernon Shelter. And, um, you know, I did do a relapse. But the uh, uh, staff members decided that they were going to throw me under the bus and they were trying to get me fired. And it was a union job and and, uh, it was pretty hard to get me fired. And they were trying to tell me uh, how long I should mourn for my mother's death. Right. And uh, basically, I finally said to my union rep, can I quit? And she said, Yes. I said, what do I have to do? She said, sign a letter of resignation. So I did that. She said, Carrie, I really think you should go in Monday. And I said, why? I said, so I could be beat down again for like the seventh time. Mm -hmm. They were going to fire me for insubordination. And what I did, I said, what the fuck is insubordination? I didn't even know what it what it was, excuse my language. So anyways, I said, what is that? And she said, going above your management. And what it was is I was putting blankets in the dryer and giving people socks and something warm to drink and eat and letting them sit on the stairs and warm up in minus 25 weather. And uh, I said, uh, well, first of all, I love firemen. And second of all, nobody's dying on my shift, so do what you want. Mm -hmm. And I walked out. And uh, my union rep said, you know, I want you to go in on Monday. And I said, you know what? I am at the Rainbow Car Wash where my daughters and I used to go when we were allowed to see each other. And I said, I know what heals me. I said, you can go in there and you can tell her to shove it up her ass. I'm going to see my girls. Mm -hmm. I'll catch you later. And I cannot get a job in this city to save my life. How long have you been in Kelowna? Uh, I've been here about six years. Okay. And where are you living now? At Cornerstone Shelter. Okay. I was living at Samuel Place. Uh, it was a horrifying experience. They took my entire room and threw it into a dumpster. 
They let a girl go into my room when I asked to switch rooms, take my brother's ashes out of his urn, throw them over to the side, and go upstairs and buy drugs with his urn. Oh, my God. I have no idea where my brother's ashes are. I have no idea where my mother's ashes are because every time I phone Samuel Place, they say she's in a meeting, and that is the rest of my belongings that I have. They also took $700 of my money right off of my welfare check. How welfare let that happen, I'll never know. Um, they won't give that back. They won't do anything but uh, threaten to throw my other stuff into the dumpster if I don't come and get it. Okay. Well, I have nowhere to store it. How so, long have you uh, been at Cornerstone? About um, a couple months now, I guess. I guess yeah. probably two months or so, maybe three months. I was at Richter before that, and I was at Samuel Place before that. What do you think of Cornerstone as far as, it, is it a decent place to stay? or? I think it's the same as it was the first time I stayed there. And actually, I came to Kelowna because I had a job interview, and I washed my hair. I was living on a logging road in Lumbee, and I washed my hair in the downtown sinks, and I went to my job interview and got the job. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, I've been here for a while doing that, you know, the ins and outs of stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't mind Cornerstone. I don't, I'm tired of sheltered life. Yeah. I'm not used to it. When I was bringing up my girls, we were three peas in a pod. They never, I have never had men around. I never, you know, they graduated with scholarships. And, you know, it was just me and them. I had no child support. I had nothing. It was just them and I. And and uh, I never changed houses. We were always in the same spot. You know? Yeah. And um, that's what I'm used to. Right. So this moving around so everywhere. So this moving is... around and living in a shelter with 50 people is really getting to me. I bet. It would I get to me too. I stand it. Yeah. I hate it. So I want to run. I bet. Yeah. I can see why some people just choose to grab a tent and go off in the bush. Yeah. I think that's what I would do. Well, I had two motorhomes, and both of the people that, you know, had my motorhomes decided that they were going to keep them and take them. So that's what I'd really like to do. I've got, you know, my kids are grown and gone, and I'd like to travel. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, I'd like to see all the hot springs in BC is what I wanted to do this summer. But uh, obviously that's not happening so far anyways. What's the hardest part of... Just a, just a day in the life of, of you now, like what's... Uh, money. What, money is the not biggest... Not having a job. I'm used to working. I'm a worker. I like to work. Okay. So not having a job, not having that sense of purpose, and then not purpose. having the money, right? Yeah. Purpose, for sure. Okay. I don't have kids. I don't have my kids in. And that really bothers me. I miss my kids immensely. My relationship is not very good. I really don't know. I, I feel like he doesn't want to be in it. I wish you would just be honest with me. You know, this is a, a guy you're in a relationship with now. Yeah. Okay. And he, you know, he takes off on me and stuff like this, and has a bunch of excuses. And I forgive him every time. And and my heart is, uh, you know, totaled. And then in amongst all of this, you know, my brother died, and it was only me, my mom, and my brother. And this was two years ago. He's the same age as me, fifty-one. Hmm when he died and uh, he died within five weeks oh. and uh, that was so what do you find are you using what kind of drugs are you using and are they helping with that those types of feelings or I'm using whatever I can throw into my body yeah and nothing is working okay a job would work yeah my kids would work right I've applied I used to work at the kiosk down at the bus loop there, mm -hmm. and 
I don't know. I can't seem to get a job there either. Okay. Um, you know, this John Howard Society likes to fire the best of their workers because I noticed Dan's working down there now. Um, how, you know, and I've noticed a couple other people got jobs down there too, and I have a feeling it's, you know, they uh, got rid of a couple of us down there too for wrongdoings, and they wouldn't let us see any video to prove their doings, but what they were doing was switching the whole company. So they just got rid of everybody mm. and then started fresh. I see. So I guess that's why that's doing that. I just signed a paper yesterday for housing, so um, I will not go back into another su supportive housing unit because it isn't. Right. Is not supportive whatsoever. You don't throw somebody who is 90 pounds out back onto the street um, in minus 25 weather. Yeah, that sounds terrible. And um, that's exactly what they did to me after they threw my stuff in a dumpster. Everything. Are, what kind of support are you getting? Are, are you involved in the Safe Supply uh, program? Mm -hmm. And how's that working? It's not. No? It's not really working. But I don't know if I'm giving it a chance either because I'm just trying to numb so you, myself immensely. Are they not giving you enough? I'm not sure. We're working on putting me back up again because okay. they did cut me down 60% at once for some reason. Just right. one doctor just all of a sudden went, boom, you're off 60%. Well, that was really stupid of them to do Yeah. because it just made me go. And uh, now I'm going back up and I am really want to get out of Cornerstone because it's really hard to stop drugs when that's all year around. Yeah, that would and be I challenging. And I really like to stop doing drugs, especially down in, and that was the only one that I, I had never done it in my life. And I started doing it when my brother was dying because I wanted to go with him. Yeah. Because he's my last family member. There is nobody, there's me. We have no one else yeah. but me. And you know, that's another really tough thing is when you have no one to call. So what's your relationship with down now? Are you? Are you on a dose that's stable and daily and it seems to be like keeping you away from street drugs no. or no? Okay. It's not keeping me away from street drugs. Okay. So what would be, so you don't want to use drugs. That's the idea. Yeah. Like I'd like to, you know, cut, like I'd like to, you know, wean myself off. But like I say, in the environment that I'm in, like right. it, it, it's, it's tough. So I am in the midst of looking for an apartment I see. so that I can just be around my, you know, myself or him or I or both of us or however it's going to end up yeah. just out of that kind of environment right. where that's all you see, that's all you do. You wake up, you see it, you go to sleep, you see it. That's all it is over so there. You know, get your, get a stable space set okay. up where you're kind of more in control of your environment yeah. and then ideally you'd like to try and start tapering down yeah. and, uh, and get completely off drugs. Yeah, that okay. would be nice. I would even like to try and microdose mushrooms, to be honest with you, because at least you could laugh. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've I've heard that for some people it does work, you know, and yeah. uh, you know that to me would be a natural, something natural would be better than get, you know, um, doing all this other stuff. You know, taking seventeen fucking pills a day is is kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, ridiculous. And I have such an incredible tolerance that I can't believe it. Well, this is what you know, and this and and I was talking to him. Yeah, um, you know, she said you you were just such a high functioning addict. It's I want I really like it if you do this, and and it's true. Like, do you ever see me different? 
and then my dry mouth, and that's one of those pills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, there's all sorts of different uh, levels of, you know, some people can be on a whack load of all sorts of drugs, and they're just fine. Yeah. Other people, you know, not so much. Not so much. But I think that's got a lot to do with um, just who you are to start with, like, you know, what your circumstances were growing up, how far you developed before you started uh, getting into a shitty environment, you know? Yeah. Some people get uh, dealt uh, cards that are really rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so, lots of between that. I just, it's too much I don't want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Is there anything you would change about the current safe supply program if you, if you could? Like, is there anything we're doing wrong that could be done better? I don't really know because it's the first time I've been on it, so I don't know what it's supposed to do and what it's not supposed to do. And, okay. You know, um, so I'm not really sure of that. Like, I, liquid would be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. The idea, they definitely need to do something about, like, the Cadian dosing is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. We need a, something that can match fentanyl's potency in one capsule, if you're going to do it that way. You know? Exactly. So, well, I was wondering about that that shot. Like Sulbicade? I don't know if that's what, if that what it's called. The one where you go and you get a shot of my, or no, that's for mental health. The uh, the other one you go three times a day or something. And get oh, a shot, uh, or, yeah. For, or is it real heroin or it, what? It's well, it's diacetylmorphine, which is like it. So it's pure heroin. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that program has started back up here in in Kelowna. Uh, I know a couple people who are doing well with it. And yeah, the does idea, it help? Does it stop them from doing more, like well, street heroin, this is, street fentanyl? It, it, certainly, yeah. It does. Yeah, I mean, I this would is, try that. This is what Safe Supply is trying to do. Yeah, is to make it so that you're getting enough, so that you're not, not needing to needing. top up. Yes, right? yes. And I want we him and I were talking about it, and you can't one can't quit if the other one's not, and he wants to too. Mm. So uh, I was telling him, like you know either get on a program like me and he thinks it's ridiculous how many pills a day I take and and it is because fentanyl is so strong compared to the medications that we have available for the safe supply program patients often have to take basically a handful of cadian which is a, uh, usually comes in a 100 milligram capsule so many patients are taking 20 plus capsules daily to match their usual dose of fentanyl so what we're talking about here is or what she's talking about is how many capsules she has to swallow to match her tolerance fentanyl is ridiculous i mean fentanyl like it's it's so much and carfentanyl they're so potent yeah and they're a result of the way we've dealt with drugs in society right yeah yeah so i mean it's You either got to get enough or you're not getting enough. There's no way yeah. around it. So I guess so, yeah. So maybe he's just doing it to bash me down. Yeah. But um, it would be neat if we could both do something that would work for the two of us to try and quit together. But also that he's also in there. So our environment needs to change. Yeah. And it needs to change for our relationship also. I hear you. Because it's really hard to be in a, in a shelter in a relationship and all you have to do is stand in there for 10 minutes and every single couple does the same thing you know they're all fighting is that right fighting huh well yeah it's just ridiculous everything's just a big fight you know so sounds like chaos it's very chaotic yes what do you think about uh like our premier here is talking about uh, uh forced treatment or mandatory treatment do you think there's a point where 
for some people it's necessary for like a you know it's just our province whatever you want to call it, mental health to go in and just say you know what that's enough like say you overdose and they're they they section five you and say we're we're just taking you to treatment and that you don't have a choice in the matter what do you think about that no i don't think that's a good idea i think it would be a total failure because you have to be ready for treatment. I've been in four or five treatment centers and worked at them all, mm -hmm. and you have to be ready for it. Your brain has to be ready for it. You can't make somebody quit drugs. Yeah, I agree completely. That would be a completely... Is that Trudeau? Uh, no, that's uh, David Eby. Oh, yeah, he's the new... Uh, <laughs> he's the, the new uh, premier. Oh, God, give him one of these, too. What's yeah, wrong with you? Yeah. Let's throw you on some drugs and see how good you are. <laughs> so, yeah... Is there anything you want people to know about you right now? And is uh, what do you hope to have happen in your life in the next little while, I guess? I hope to have a stable life with a stable environment where one of my kids can give me a grandbaby so I can buy shoes for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and be happy. And, uh, you know, I'm a good person. Of course. And I love laughing. I love having fun. I just, you know, can start my life. Yeah. You know, my kids are grown and gone. I can do whatever the frick I want. Yeah. And I would love that. It's just to be happy and have a great relationship. No fighting, no bullshit. Just, yeah. uh, you know, and, and have some grandbabies to play with. Yeah. Yeah, don't let anyone tell you that just because you use drugs, you're a bad person. Lots of people use drugs. Yeah, I live off a lot of guilt. Yeah, well, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to work on that one. That's a tough one. But my two older kids have kind of taught me, you know, it's like, okay, son, you're 31 years old and I still got to say, I'm sorry, you're a grown man now. Come on. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, get the fuck over it. Yeah. You're a grown man now. Yeah. Enough's enough. You know? So, but, anyway. Uh, yeah. That's, that's them. And I miss them intensely every single day because I'm mama bear, you know? Like, I was actually just talking to my twins yesterday and... You know, they're just, I just love them so much. And oh, we miss you too, Mama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> are you okay? What are you doing? Where are you? Are you yeah. safe? You know, but I don't want to put that on them anymore. I hear you. You know, that's hard for them. Yeah. They get scared, right? Yeah, it's hard for you. It's hard for me. Do you know what the number one factor is in people uh, successfully beating dr a drug habit? It's uh, being a mom. Yeah. That's all I ask. That's yeah. all I want. So. Like, I'm, th I'm thinking of moving back to Vernon because one of my twins is there and mm -hmm. I think that you know it's not going to cure everything mm -hmm. I'm not stupid but I think it would really help me because I would have something else to do yeah yeah it sounds like you Besides. definitely yeah you sound like you need a little more structure and stimulation yeah to I need a purpose purpose I have always yeah. had a purpose and it's being a mom and when my kids left the nest I just vote croaked I was like bah! <laughs> <laughs> so I got a kitchen <laughs> and now I need another one <laughs> yeah. because some jackass gave my kitten away no. so yeah it's just been shit so ever since I came to Kelowna it's just been shit so I don't know I've been looking elsewhere to to go um you know the only people I really like here is this pharmacy be honest with you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. At least it's something. Like I really enjoy you guys, and I I appreciate how much you do for people and how much you care about people. Yeah. You know, I really do. Yeah. So good job. Thanks. I mean, uh, Craig and Melissa are doing great. And, and so are you. And you just started here. I just started. Yeah. yeah. So. That's Would you like a uh, Gatorade? Oh sure. Why not? Electrolytes are great. Yeah, electrolytes are great. I got orange, green, blue, red. 
Mm, oh, 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 red. There you awesome. go. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for your time. Be good. Be safe. Amen. <laughs> we'll see Thanks. you again. You bet.